hey, we were reading an article the other day. I guess it was yesterday, in fact, in in the Athletic, and, and it was written by uh, Chris Vanini, and it was an incredibly intriguing uh, piece that Chris did with you. And, and we we thought, heck, let's 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 get Coach on and let's talk about this. First of all, I am incredibly intrigued by your resume. This is uh, this is this is incredible. You spent. 15, 16 years in the coaching profession plus 15 or 16 years running running businesses. Just kind of walk us through all that. How does that happen? Well, I spent the first part of my – I spent 16 years initially as a coach. I began my career as a coach. Uh, the last job I had was defensive coordinator at Dartmouth. It was the 1983 season. In 1984, January 1984, when Miami upset Nebraska for the national championship – Miami gave me an opportunity to be able to go there. And uh, that would have been an incredible job for me. But I was going through a divorce. I had four kids. And back then, we didn't make much money. And I, I'm going to live in Carl Gables. My kids are going to live in New Hampshire by Dartmouth. And frankly, I can't afford to fly them back and forth. So toughest career decision I've ever made in my life was turning down the job because it could not have been a better job for me. But it meant I had to go out and get out of coaching. So I always had I majored in economics and always had an interest on in Wall Street. So I was fortunate enough several months later for Maryland to give me a shot, and they put me in their NBA training program. There were 26 of us, 25 MBAs and one football coach. So I spent the next seven years. Everybody said this guy, football guy, is not going to make it. But a few years later, the MBAs were working for me. And I spent 17 years in Maryland. So I'm very, very, very proud of my career there. And then ultimately in 2001, I took the, uh, a, a CEO job at uh, Ameritrade. And uh, we were going out of business at the time. We really did a pretty good job there. I stepped down at the end of 2008. This is the financial crisis. We had a 500% return. So we outperformed every financial. Our shareholders had a 500% return. That includes the financial crisis. And we outperformed every financial company and publicly traded in the world. But then in 2009, I stepped down as CEO and became chairman. And frankly, I'd never been hotter in my career in terms of what I might be able to do. Then I got a call from a group of alumni at Yale telling me at the end of the season there was a chance the football job would be open when I'd be interested. And I remember literally looking at the phone and saying, God, I've been out of football for 24 years. They said, we know that, but we also think we spend a lot of time looking at the skill sets head coach is supposed to have. We really think you not only have those, but actually you have competitive advantage a lot of other people don't have. There's only one problem. What's that? In the entire 135-year history of college football, there is nothing like this has ever happened. I was going to go back. I wanted to go back as a Division One head coach because I knew, what, frankly, I had competitive advantage, competitive advantage there. So I really thought about this long and hard. After about six months, uh, I decided I wanted to go back. I, I met with Tom Osborne. He introduced, he, he introduced me to Bo Pelini. I spent the next two years on the Nebraska staff, and then I was the head coach of the Omaha Nighthawks in the UFL against guys like Jimmy Fossil, uh, Denny Green, Marty Schottenheimer, Jerry Glanville. But that was the third year of the league, and it was really poorly run. I went out of business. We played four games. The president of, of uh, Coastal Carolina, David DeSento, had been following my career, and he called me and he said, you know, Joe, uh, we, we, you know, uh, it's not going to be easy for a college president to give you a job because you're so non-traditional and, you know, you don't exist in college football. Having said that, someone will, and before someone does, I'd like to be that guy. So I'd love you to take over our program. And I did. And uh, so I began in, in 2012. We, had, we became an elite team at the FCS level. We got invited to the uh, FBS level. Uh, I stepped down two, three years ago. Uh, my, uh, my offensive coordinator and associate coach, Jamie Chadwell, uh, we gave him that job. He's been doing a great job. I'm currently executive director of football, which means football reports to me. And I'm, we've got a new president, Michael Benson, and I'm executive advisor to him. 
So that's guys that may have been a little long winded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did a 50 year career there. So, so I spent 25 years as a football coach and 25 years plus in the business world. Coach, you know, and it was not long. I mean, you, you had it. That's what makes this such a, a important interview, in my opinion, that you did with, with the athletic and Chris Vanini. You spoke, I, I guess, last week at a uh, collegiate sports summit in Dallas, and you talked about the, the state of college athletics and, and how it needs to have a facelift, I guess, and it needs to have it now. As a guy that's been successful on the business side of things and a guy that's been successful on the football side of things, you are uniquely qualified to talk about this. And so I ask you, where do you start in trying to reform, particularly football? I think you got to start a little. I think you you got to start with. I, I, I think you begin with football. And you don't begin by trying to uh, transform the entire NCAA or all of college sports. But right now, with all the money at stake, people are paying attention to Division One football. And within Division One football, the reality is they're paying attention to the Power Five, and they're not really paying attention to the G5. They're not really paying attention to the FCS. So at least to begin with the Power Five, but you got to be able to get that right. And you've got to begin with an entire commitment that you're going to have radical change and you're going to absolutely run this like a business. You've got to acknowledge that over the span of the last several years, when all this discussion was going on with regard to the possibility of having it, having an NIL platform at all, uh, I think college sports kind of assumed that the NCAA was going to be in the middle of that. The NCAA was nowhere to be seen, which I find like un- un- unbelievable. I mean, literally, I can't even believe this. And the biggest, the biggest thing to happen in college sports, uh, period, is NIL, and the NCAA is nowhere to be found. Uh, and then, 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 when NIL was announced, the NCAA decided to eliminate the transfer rule from the portal, which, again, in terms of judgment, was probably the worst mistake I think an executive team could possibly make. So I think the uh, a college college sports has to recognize they could sit around and wait wait for the NCAA to be able to figure it out. But frankly, they had their chance. And the decisions they made by not being involved is a decision. And the decision they made by uh, by eliminating the transfer rule was another decision. None of these are good for college sports. So uh, I think the, the, the uh, college, uh, college athletic leadership needs to make a decision that they really do want to handle, uh, you know, what they're doing like a business because it is, because it is. And again, at least begin with the Power Five with regard to football, and uh, you got to recognize that that you got that you got to be able to make decisions on your own. I think it's difficult to be able to make those decisions with with the current leadership at the different schools and the commissioner center because they're very good people and they're very talented, and, and I know a lot of them. I have tremendous respect for them, but they have conflicts of interest, and you got to move fast. So the the uh, metaphor that I used the other day was. You know, college leadership is like a, a beautiful, large, powerful cargo ship, but it doesn't move that fast. And you've got the NIL agents and lawyers and people running around. They're in like Coast Guard cutters. They were already 14 months ahead of college sport, college leadership. And the other day uh, at the conference, I heard some great ideas, but they're talking about another committee meeting, like, you know, it's about another committee meeting in August. I, they're not they're not close to being ready to do anything that they, they really need to do. And they've got to have a sense of urgency, and they've got to move. So I think there's got to be a realiza- realization and acknowledgement of what really exists today. Just acknowledge it. Bite off the number one piece that everybody's concerned with right now is your power five. 
and then then fo- and then specifically for now, focus on football. If you want to focus on basketball, well as well do that. Uh, the other sports will fall into place as time goes on. But get the biggest piece where the vast majority of the money is. Get it right, and you get it right by I think having a new executive team that you bring in, that you hire, that you trust, that you believe in, but you allow them to make the decisions. And everybody, everybody abides by them. All colleges abide by them. And then, frankly, you wind up in effect, uh, you, you compete with the NCAA, and you could, what I kind of came up with my own acronym, ACACA, the American Collegiate uh, uh, Association of Competitive Athletics. And it's run by colleges. That's it. The NCAA, I don't know what they're doing. They're on the side. They, they, they do whatever it's supposed to be. And I'm trying to be respectful to the NCAA. The NCAA has done a lot of good things over time. But now, right now, you have Ukraine-Russia going on. as like they don't know what's going on. And that, that, can't, that can't be the case. So that would be, that'd be my perspective, guys. Coach, we always hear the term, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Is there any way to backtrack this to, to get it right? No. You want more of an answer than that? <laughs> I, I, that that's my feelings as well. Now, here's the reason. It's not like there was a violation of some rule, right, that, that you can give them a death penalty or you can do something if you kind of start all over. This is very real money, and you guys may know better than I, but, you know, my estimate, I have some pretty good sources, but I'm not checking on them every day. You know, I, I believe there's at least 35 kids today, after 14 months, making a million dollars in college sports. I'll bet you three years from now, there'll be over 100, and I'll bet you 10 of them will be making 5 million. And we haven't even begun to talk about what the coaches are going to get yet, all right? And, and so, so uh, that's so much money, and you already had the Supreme Court you know, vote nine to zero against the NCAA that, you know, you can't stop this now. So is there a chance that you get this one back in the bottle? No, there's no chance. So again, that's what I mean. College athletics has to recognize this. And uh, because of the NCAA lack of involvement, you know, they weren't involved. They didn't have a say at the table for the most critical thing to go on in college sports. They didn't have a say. So now they got to recognize that. they got to lick the wounds a little bit. they sort of got to start all over and go. Because you still have an incredible college, uh, uh, college world of, of, of sports. But it's not amateur sports. So with Mark Emmert leaving right now, obviously that's going to leave the, the thing open. Was that something you would like to – would you want to take the place of Mark Emmert, write the ship, or would you like to put a group together and try to write the ship? What, what are your expectations and your aspirations for college football? Well, well, no, no. My aspiration for college is football, and college football has been a big part of my life, and college sports in general, and, and it means the world to me. College athletics means the world to me, and kind of, uh, the uh, university education means the world to me. Those things matter to me. Um, so I, I think, think they, they matter to the welfare of, of our society. So let's get college sports right. That's it. Let, let's just focus and get it right. Now, it's, it's not a job that I want. I'm not trying to get this job, but uh, and I, I don't have any. I don't have interest. I don't have interest in the job. But what the and, and see, in fact, in the NCAA again, I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't know how long we're supposed to wait to be able to to wind up doing something there. That's why I said the NCAA had their chance these last five years. They didn't do anything. So I think college athletics has to step up and take on the responsibility for themselves. We all know that the Power 5 schools can do that almost any time they want to. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know what? Now is the time to get moving. Do not wait. Uh, Jack Schwarbrook, you, you guys probably aware of this. You know, he, he had written an article that was uh, was featured a week or two ago that talked about with the uh, with the I'm going to use my words for the chaos that uh, Division One college athletics were embroiled in today. You know, they're never going to figure out there is the uh, an entire reorganization. Division One is absolutely inevitable. Then he said a couple of other things, and he said, "By we're going to have this by 2030." Now, I think the world is Swarbrick, <laughs> and I think the world is what he just said, and I think complete. Then he goes 2030. Well, again, if college athletics is thinking that way, you know, they're, they're not thinking the way they should be. Then let me ask you, Coach, do you see it changing? Do you see the governing body of college football? Let's just take football. Do you see the governing body of college football changing in the next five Five years. I see it changing in five years, but I think five years is too long. I think if the governing body, if the true leadership, if the true leadership, college football, and again, focus on Power Five for the time being. Because if you focus on too many things, you're not going to get anything done. So focus on Power Five for the time being and decide what you want to do. Sit in a room, have the, have the most senior people in the room, and don't come out until you got a plan. I was looking at your plan, and, and I like the idea of the Super League. I, I think that's an intriguing proposal, um, and it looks very similar to having – obviously, there's more teams in it. You're looking at, like, 65, so, but it's the similar format, in my opinion, to, like, the AFC, NFC that you have in the NFL. If, that, if a plan like this was implemented, what implications would that have on the playoff system afterward, and how would it change the – really the mess of the playoff system as of now? We know that the playoff system ones have given us a tremendous amount of money. That's why it's just the way it exists. And I think, but every year they talk about, you know, the committee talks about the potential change that might exist. And the only change they really talk about is whether or not they're going to extend it. And then there's always the argument whether or not the G5, the number one G5 school should be in there or not. And so, but these are the same arguments that they've had. Now, to me, these are arguments that could get solved in a day. In a day. If the committee sat down, and again, with some some of the, some of the leadership within within college sports, they decided they really want to make a change. They could change it, but my point is that those things can happen. What doesn't exist is a foundation upon which you're going to run a business with an incredible sense of urgency for a business that has incredible incredible potential, has had an incredible run here, but they've got something going on that's going to have a major impact on that business. And they have no control over it, none. And when they talk about, oh, we got all our recruiting laws, you got to be kidding right with that. So the recruiting laws are, are, are going to be subject to the state laws, and the state laws say you could do these things. Coach, uh, we, we're up against the clock. We could do this for another two hours. It is fascinating to listen to you uh, in, in your thoughts on, on the state of college football and college athletics in general. We certainly appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being a part of our program today. Hey, guys, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks.